So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops. consecutive week of cinema psyops i'm your host court the guy who cannot believe he has spent 357 consecutive weeks of his life making this fucking show and my cohort in this cooperative 
codependent, completely defective, and somewhat pathetic endeavor is my co-host, Matt! I'm just telling you right now, I hear any clicks, or bops, or fucking cat meows, or, or for some reason, the music on my phone starts skipping, I'm fucking out of here! Fuck you, Court! Fuck you with that shit! Don't need that. <laughs> so true story. Yeah. If I ever do that in my wife's presence and no one else is around and it's quiet, yeah. I, I will be divorced. You will be. Di- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that shit. Because <laughs> that's just wanton cruelty. Because uh, the the Juon films, particularly. Yeah. The, I mean, just the American remakes. Because that's what my wife watched. But uh, yeah. the same actress pretty much plays Kayoko from uh, for most of it. But that that noise still gets to her to this day. Like if she could even somehow hear that through the studio while she's upstairs, I'm a fucking dead man. Gee, I mean. Listen, man. Fuck. I I hate to get into it right away. The movie attacks your fucking senses when you, especially when you have headphones on. Oh yeah. Holy shit, man. That's how I watched it too, and you are absolutely correct, my man. It kicks the fucking shit out of your brain. Yeah. And this this is the direct to video version that we're covering tonight. Jew on the curse. You haven't even gotten to where this guy gets some budget behind what he's doing. Yeah. Right. This is all fucking just a small one hour long fucking like. Hey, I can do this, and now we're gonna get. Yeah. Now, the guy that uh, created this, uh, Takashi Shimizu, I think is how it's pronounced. I'm not 100% Mm. sure. He actually produced two short films in 98. So basically the time that The Ring came out, these two short films were produced. Uh, Katsumi, and then it's just four, 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 four. four. (laughs) It just keeps repeating with the four. And it's the same concept of someone being murdered in uh, the fit of super jealousy from a very Mm. possessive and very clearly abusive husband. And it's pretty much the wife and child both being murdered and the cat and then yeah the the very first films actually featured the wife and then the boy that meows exactly like a very angry cat like that mm. and they were both painted from head to toe in white and the reason that shizumu picked this was because he was actually terrified of a type of performer that would paint themselves like that as a kid so anytime he saw those performances he would be just terrified so these two short films were put into a tv anthology just like a made for tv kind of thing and the film school teacher i believe of shizumu or shimizu uh like this so much, he ended up taking uh, the the short films and got him some V cinema is what they call it over there, but it's just straight to video. Like we call okay. it, like we call it DV or direct, like for direct to video or DTV for direct yeah. video or or whatever. Uh, that's basically what this first one, Juan the Curse, is. That was made in two thousand. Now the next one we're doing next week, and I almost put these back to back, but I figured coming out of the Sadako stuff, it would be nice to have the two shorter films just separate episodes, just for our own sanity and to give us a little breathing space and to have you know a little time to kind of work our way into it little yeah. little did i know that juan the curse would be as effective watching it today for the fourth time or fifth time as it was the very first time i had seen it on dvd yeah shit shit fucks me up man <laughs> so uh okay since you're already giving away the ghost i will say that for the most part the curse and the haunted house aspects of juan whether it's yeah. the grudge version that we're going to get to after next week or this version which is the curse and the curse too um yeah they're basically Basically the same story. So we're going to be getting a theatrical version of these first two movies that were direct to TV, kind of like we did with The Ring. Okay. And and what's weird for me, maybe why I was more excited to get into this, is because I kind of already knew The Ring, because I've, again, seen the American versions. I've never watched the American versions of The Grudge. Oh, well, this is going to be a wonderful experience for you. No wonder it scared the piss out of you. You weren't prepared. Yeah, I've I've never seen the. Now, I knew to expect a small pale boy and a scary woman, because, you know, you can't hide from fucking 
trailers. Well, and scary um, movie fucking just went crazy yeah. with this. Yeah, all that's the sequences also true. Films, yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of knew what was coming, but the, the exact story of it and then how it was done far effective. Okay, so we've talked about spirits and various things, and it bears repeating about the curses and the grudges that we kind of talked about before. Where when Sadako dies, she's murdered by her father and thrown into a well only to die 30 years later, apparently. Um, it's that that anger over what has happened to her and her lifelong treatment and just the rage that she has building inside being contained in the well that makes her sort of curse work and spread out. Yeah. That's very similar to what's going on with Juan, but uh, in Juan, it's a little bit different. It's kind of like an Onryo, or Onryo, I think is how it's pronounced. I'm not 100% sure, but it's basically a vengeful spirit is what that means, or wrathful spirit. And that's a part of Japanese folklore that's very similar to like the kind of ghosting you would get in like the ghost from Legend of Hell House or to a lesser extent like the more malevolent forces in say Poltergeist 2 would be okay. like that type of spirit you know like a very vengeful angry spirit so well, very I know a very vengeful angry puddle in a parking garage yes well aware <laughs> or a vomit tequila monster yeah oh Jesus I've, I've had plenty of those motherfucker. don't we fucking know they, but to, to, they, they, they ain't that scary I wake up every morning from those motherfuckers. Right. So <laughs> Japanese ghosts are Yurai or Yurei, I think it's what it's pronounced as. Um, not 100% sure. I apologize if I'm butchering it. But the Japanese forms of ghosts, Yurei, can actually be just a, a, a spirit that exists and just is walking the earth. But in yes. this case, the Onryo is actually a very vengeful ghost that exacts a vengeance for to redress whatever was put wrong with it. You know those vengeful ghosts. We've seen it all. Um, but the difference is they tend to take the spirits from the bodies of their victims. So like they kind of soul collect um, as part of their revenge. And Onryo tend to be wronged women. Like it's very specific women who are traumatized by what happened to them in their life or in, you know, how their manner of death. And then they end up exacting revenge in death. In some cases, it's even in the manner in which they were killed as we kind of see or assume to be what happens in Juon because the wife's body was broken and mangled to the point where she can't move yet kind of just crawls down the stairs and can barely move and her limbs yeah. bend in a way that can, seems completely unnatural we do see that like a spider right and all the victims particularly in this film tend to be look like their bodies were broken and destroyed if they're even found some people just yeah. completely disappear when they go to this house um, the interesting thing is it's sort of like a haunted house it's sort of like this vengeful spirit on Rio. it's definitely a very much a Yure or or haunted like horror film but what is also so interesting is in the Japanese culture we talked about yokai a little while ago where they're like a type of monster which they're like human sized monsters or what we would consider monsters but they're a type of spirit but they're more like a supernatural entity so um, like a, like a, a jinn or um, just something that has always existed in some cases what we would consider like not necessarily demons but like angels demons leprechauns the fae that kind of thing that's what yokai it just encompasses all of that right yeah but some of them are actually created by vengeful spirits like they become vengeful spirits as well um you can sometimes like there's like a different version of that like anybody who's seen princess mononoke knows what i'm talking about because the mononoke is like a spirit that's been turned wicked and becomes vengeful and full of rage and that's kind of what we consider like demons or those types of entities or supernatural beings and what's interesting about japanese folklore and their their mythology is the nature of these creatures may seem evil and may be terrifying but they're actually 
just victims caught in a cycle of abuse. There's a lot more pathos and and you know ideas to like the onrio or onrio or onro or, or, or however it's pronounced. I'm sorry, but like and the mononoke and the the wrong spirits. And there's always a sense that you can put things right, you know, or or that somehow you could break this curse, or you know, you could always redress and bring balance because there's a lot of balance in that that folklore and the mythology. And what's interesting about Juan is that it basically spits in the face of it, kind of like your satanic slasher type, you know, film, like a Freddy Krueger, who is like this supernatural entity monster that no prayer is going to save you from. That's what Juan ends up becoming, like as part of their culture. It's a vengeful spirit that can ne- the balance can never be redressed. And the balance is so in the negative. There was a there was such a horrific event, such a traumatic and violent and brutal and just rage-filled death and fear and just the worst in humanity locked in this house. And it becomes this black hole that not only taints and sucks people in to kill them when they come into the home, but if they somehow escape the home, it still comes for them. And if you're around them, whenever it comes for them and kills them, it gets you too. It starts coming for you and it can spread like a fucking virus. And that's a really terrifying idea. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking horrendous. <laughs> and that's the thing that really gets me going with you on. And that's what really terrifies me with you on because it's basically like this overwhelming sense of sadness, like we talked about, that happens in a suicide forest in some cases. And in others, it's this really horrifying, violent death that just comes for you and like your jaw's fucking missing for some reason. But it doesn't it doesn't matter how it takes you. Your body's twisted and broken. Yeah. It it just it doesn't matter how it takes you, one way or the other, you succumb to something that was felt and uh dealt out in that house, either violence or sadness or misery or whatever it is, and it takes you whatever it was that attaches itself to you whatever that emotion was whatever that existed in that house that gets you is the manner of your death is just how i look at it right and i really like that idea and i can't wait to dig into the specific deaths and guess what may have happened to porkeiko or even the child because they don't really show you a lot in this film at all you just kind of have to put it together in your mind but given the amount of blood and the way that the victims end up getting mutilated you're pretty sure the dude ripped his family apart with his bare hands in a rage yeah pretty much <laughs> And what he does to other people's families are pretty horrific. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so we've we talked around it and we've kind of laid it out. And the reason that I wanted to bring that up is because of this type of spirit, I think, is a little bit different than Sadako. Sadako, yeah. Sadako isn't like that imprint like an Onryo is because an Onryo is just like repeating the same behavior over and over again. The traditional ghost thing that I like to talk about, right? Not the yeah. not the all-knowing vengeful spirit that is seeking vengeance from the grave. You know, that's more of a demonic entity to me. I guess in my sense, where Sadako was more, she always kind of had this power to turn this way. With Juan and this curse seems to be is something that was born from other people doing shit. What I was getting at is they have some crossover in their vengeful spirit stuff, obviously, but I think that because uh, Mononoke is a spirit that knows more of what it's doing and just becomes like a vengeful spirit, but as far as I understand it anyway, they're like a spirit that is more knowledgeable of what it's doing and is actively seeking its vengeance, like a Mononoke-style on- onryo or 
even a Shiro. But um, I think what um, specifically what uh, the curse is that that happens in this house is like your Yuri or Onryo like ghost that is just a spirit that is doing the repeating and doesn't know that it's doing it. I honestly yeah. believe that it's just that imprint style of horrific ghost where it's a repeating process. It's just that it's the balance is so negatively redressed <laughs> that it just keeps taking and taking and taking more with it. And it's like an endless amount of suffering that will never be like satisfied. And that's the rest of this film series we have to look forward to. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right, but we should get into this movie finally. <laughs> well, I mean, we could talk for like another what hour before we even get into it, and we're still going to get through yeah. the film quick because this is an hour and seven minutes, and it does not waste a single second of it, man. Not it at does all. not. <laughs> now, unlike most times, because technically there are six different stories in the movie, so instead of doing it by twenty minute increments, I'm doing it by each story. I would have expected you to do it by the chapters, yeah, and they're out of order anyway, so yeah. you have to put it together in your head, which makes it's it even more terrifying. Time. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And that's totally fine. I think that's probably the best way to do it. I just wanted to give everyone kind of an idea of what we're talking about here and what I feel like the Juan curse spirits are or what that type of uh, haunting yeah. is. As opposed I think to, Juan spirits yeah. are actual spirits. This V's vengeance, they're born out of some act by humans where I believe with Sadako, anything that would have happened with Sadako would have turned her into this because I think she was almost predestined to be what she became, uh, in her spirit where. Right. These other ones, these are literally, they even say they're curses. They are created something that was born out of what living beings did. Yeah. And for lack of a better word, and what we living were, beings did something to one another so horrific it made something. Right. And this is what I was kind of mentioning where the Mononoke is. And if that's not the right uh, term for the type of ghost that I'm describing or vengeful spirit, um, I apologize. And if you have a better suggestion or example, that would be perfect. But I think that I, what I was kind of getting at is I've seen a Mononoke like basically be a more aware of what it's doing and actively seeking or become like a demonic vengeful type spirit which is what i would definitely consider sadako for sure 100 percent and then the curse is more the Henri, which is just the vengeful spirit that doesn't know what it's doing and is just repeating the behavior in my mind. And if, yeah. if there's a better term for that for the Japanese culture or a better example in their folklore, perfect. Give it to us. I would love to hear it because uh, otherwise we're just twisted in the wind, screaming into a void, and we have no idea what you're talking about. And why are you always yelling at us, man? We don't even get it. <laughs> yeah, why? You, you could be nice to us every now and then. Why you always got to type in caps at me, man? Why you got to yeah, do it? it? makes us all feel bad. I don't even know what you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with that very sad and pathetic note, we're going to start into our break cycle. Uh, this week, once again, we are going to go with all female fronted bands. Uh, up this week or up first, we've got Sick Ira with Tell Me to Meet You At Least. That is the direct translation. I apologize. <laughs> That's how I have to do it. But first, we're going to have our special message from our new owner and proprietor of Legion Podcast, Kevin and Legion Patreon. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin. As many of you probably have heard, Bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher. Congratulations, Bo. As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing, and spreading the good word of Legion Podcast. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons in June, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon every other week or twice per month and the winners can choose from the available Steam codes. Thank you so much for supporting Legion Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter or the Legion Discord group. My username is at LonelyBob. 
see you around. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me Cutting a New Show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. because I'm sure this review's going to end up being unless we I mean, overanalyze every little thing. Well, get to it, Court. That's your fucking deal. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, let me uh, make sure that I Delta 8 the shit out of myself while you're going through the film, and uh, I'll try and overread into every situation I possibly can and interrupt hey, you constantly to pad out the episode. I already just fucking did that. <laughs> well, we better get going before it really fucks up your ability to read. Oh, please, I'm falling. I'm just kidding. All right, Juwan, the curse. We start out with, um, it's really just like some writing, and it says, anyone who comes in contact with the curse dies in a new curse and a new curse is started. Um, and then we see this lady. She's walking by this house, and we can hear screaming coming from it, and just horrible sounds. It doesn't sound good. Yeah, it's really fucking brutal, particularly with headphones on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not good for a direct so but for a direct to video low budget film like this. The sound design was on point for sure. Oh yeah, it was creepy. So then we start with our first Tori Toshio. We'll see a man. He comes home to his very pregnant wife and we find out he's a teacher and one of his students Toshio he can't get a hold of his parents and that kid has not been to school for a while then he remembers that his mom and him had visited this teacher uh, on the street once and he remembers that the, he and the mom and his wife they all went to college together and he asked his wife about if she remembers the lady and she said yeah she always seemed a little weird to her and all that kind of stuff 
the next day, um, he decides he's going to visit the kid's house. Because, you know, fuck, I've never had a teacher ever care that. But anyway, um, outside... It might be a legal a... requirement over there. That's true. Yeah, you can't just have cops do your, your checks for you, can you? Well, it's it may be a wellness check, but it also might be that uh, the teachers may act as counselors for the students on top of that. I, yeah. I just don't know, because there's a culture of caring over there that we will never understand as Americans. That That is true. Yeah, we're we're kind of shit. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a tad, just a, a little bit like shit. But come on, um, I would say we're a mighty bit like shit. But move on. Well, fine then, if you want to be all exact about it. So anyway, um, he visits like the outside of the house. Kind of has like a mess of shit. We find there's some items that have blood on them. Yeah, one uh, of them looked like a smashed animal underneath a board. Yeah. That too, which was probably the cat. So anyway, um, then he finds the kid who's hanging out in the bathroom. The bathroom has bars on it. And I don't even think they're bars really as much as they're just like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, they're bars, but they're like made out of wood instead of uh, metal. Yeah, they're like and, a, a wood lattice work. I think it's to try and keep yeah. someone from uh, getting in through the bathroom because it's lower level. It's like a little security grate or something. Uh, yeah, so you know, the kid looks all beat up. His arms are scarred over. You know, it just doesn't look very good. No, it so looks like gets... this kid has been locked at home and beaten and mistreated, and the reason he hasn't been gone to school is they're waiting for those to heal up to send him off again. Yeah, exactly. And um, we see uh, that the place is trashed. It's just a mess. Um, yeah, that's where his parents are. Like, is his mom's out? Is dad out? Where are they? And he says they're out and they're together. He says they're together. And so then he kind of uh, starts looking out the window after all this. And the cat, or the kid's mouth is just gaped open while he's looking out the, while the, the adult's looking out the window. The kid's mouth goes gaped open and we hear cat noises like meow, meow coming out of it. And that's the end of the first story. So all of a sudden we, we know some shit's going on and this kid's not acting very regular either. He, he's almost too calm for his beat up as he is almost like he's in shock. Yeah, it definitely appears to be that way. And it's important to note that the sounds the cats are making are like yowls and screams of fear that a cat would make. It's not a normal, like, friendly meow. It is clearly an angry or upset or even a cat that is being hurt. But the kid keeps making these noises when he opens his mouth like that. And this is the yeah. first time that we see him do that. And it is absolutely horrifying. It, it It's not fun. Uh, not, uh, not at all. It's, uh, it doesn't seem like a good time. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, so we already begin this first story. I guess there's not a ton to really talk about here. Uh, there is a little um, bit, though. There is definitely a little bit because the teacher, uh, we already talked about him acting as a caregiver. He's clearly staying yeah. there and he's he's going to stay there with the kid and keep an eye on him because he sees what is very clearly the victim of abuse. It appears that the kid may be in shock and he does take some time to check over the kid's injuries without touching him visually. You know, how, yes. like when the kid's walking, he gives him a look over just to like kind of almost visually catalog all of it and this, keep a mental and this note. Is what, this is year 2000, right? 90, yeah, 2000 is when this was put out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I, mean, I want to say, hey, you know, it's uh, it's feels so weird to say this because, you know, you live this. I want to say, wow, this is modern. I mean, it's 23 years old, but I guess as modern as we can get. <laughs> In in our lives here, well, uh, on this show, what what I'm so what I'm thinking you're actually picking up here is in this time frame, a child that is a victim of abuse like this, there would be reason to have legal recourse that the teacher would be required by law to take already, at least at this well, point in 2000. 
And I guess I also meant the, as in checking on the kid and not touching him, you know, all that kind of shit seem, you know, seems almost very modern way of him checking on people. Yeah. Well, he was able to visually inspect the child because he can't lay a hand on him. There's no parent around. Obviously, he can't pick him up and take him out of the house for legal reasons or whatever. And he doesn't touch him, but he can sit with him and wait for a parent to come home, which is what he decides to do here at the end of this segment. We just don't see that till we pick up later on. Yeah, exactly. Then we go to the next story, Yuki. We see the same house as before, different time period now, of course. We see a woman, um, she's adjusting cat statues, and she seems very kind of preoccupied with looking at these cat statues, almost as if she does not really like them. She's clearly terrified of cats. Yeah. Another girl is doing some homework, and uh, her the young girl doing the homework, her mom brings in some food, and we hear some more cat noises, and the one lady who's obviously scared of cats is actually just a tutor for the daughter of the house. Um, so the lady who gave the food, she the mom, she leaves the house for the day, and she hears cats. Kind of doing that same meow as she leaves. While the girl being taught, all she really wants to do is do boy talk. She wants to hear all about her tutor's boyfriend. So the tutor promises as long as she gets her work done, they'll talk. This is a classic 2D move to try and get the person talking about the relationship so you don't have to actually work. And they still get paid. Yeah. So... They get her work done, and then she says, and she's the tutor's like, I don't even have a boyfriend. And then she wants to know about the ex-boyfriend. And while they're doing all this talking, this tutor is hearing noises. And we're hearing noise. It's, again, very much an assault on your senses. Yeah. Especially when we're getting into this scene. This is when it really, this whole entire scene's maybe the worst it's going to get on your senses throughout the whole movie. Well, she kept hearing a cat yowling or yowling or meowing or whatever outside. And then she thought she heard it around the house. And then she's terrified of cats. So she had the mom was actually checking to make sure in a couple of moments with the sequence here and then the noises that she ends up hearing when they're actually doing the studying after the mom leaves and she starts interrogating about the boyfriend is actually that yes that's what she's here but i'm just saying she's hearing all different noises but i want to watch yourself beth here's yet you're dead (laughs) but it's real faint and it's real muffled at first and then it gets slowly louder and then kind of less muffled almost like it's moving closer to her and we're hearing it from her perspective especially in the headphones when it's moving around a little bit like it actually does feel like it's getting closer and then she gets freaked out she looks around and then there's not and it kind of resets for a moment and that's what matt is talking about with the assault on your senses it takes its time and really fucks with your head with those noises and her fear yeah it really is just like the fucking worst man (laughs) it really hits (laughs) yeah it's it's really good at what it does and it's very effective i know when you're saying the worst you mean like jesus this is too much right i Uh, I mean it's the worst but it's 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 really good But when I say the worst, just understand I like this movie. So when I say the worst here, I mean it, it's it's good stuff. <laughs> it's too fucking much for Matt Psyop, says Matt Psyop. Just just fuck me up, fam. I'm just not ready for that kind of fucking shit. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the student, the young lady, remembers she has to run to school. She totally forgot she needs to feed the rabbit. 
that's at school. The girl's leaving. She gets changed in her school uniform. She's leaving, and the tutor's following. They give her brother some shit who has a new girlfriend, and they're all like, ha-ha, he has a new girlfriend. She's even cute. She's like, so they're giving him a little bit of shit. Oh, uh, girl, I want to interrupt here because the subtitles got a yeah. little fucked up. He's yeah. also apparently hung over, and like his friend came in their house and threw up or something like that. See, I didn't get that at all. Yeah, it so, was okay, it was a, it was a, it was a quick flash that like the subtitles were way off and like oh, okay. it, and it didn't belong where it was at, but uh it seems like they were picking on him about being a party animal because he drinks too much, I think is what they were teasing him about. I'm not 100% sure. Um because oh, okay. again the subtitle wasn't quite right that was on this. And they were saying that like the subtitle I read was the sister saying she's even cute. They do tease him that like how cute his girlfriend is, but there's some mention of someone being super drunk and like a friend throwing up it wasn't her brother i don't know what that has to do with this relationship but it's when that subtitle popped up and then went away that he came running out and told them to stop talking about his girlfriend yeah uh, all right uh, yeah it's just that's yeah it's just weird it's just probably a fuck up in the file that we had for the subtitle that's fine true true um okay so anyway uh she goes uh yuki who's the name of the tutor she goes back into the room where she was teaching the girl and she keeps hearing those goddamn horrible sounds she listens to her walkman she has a walkman with cd a cd player because it's a it's probably not a walkman anymore because it's a tape it's a cd player they called them disc men yeah disc men there you go disc men i totally forgot it's been over two decades Uh, you're Um, welcome anyway yeah thank you uh she tries listening to it but keeps skipping and that assaults your senses it's another assault on your senses because then you get a constant skipping this whole entire fucking movie is an assault especially on your hearing i think that's the point is it never wants to let up and make you feel comfortable you 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 feel uncomfortable throughout the whole watching yeah for an hour no matter what whether it's discomfort at the people that are clearly just trying to deal with their lives together you know with the, the the way that they're interacting and they're talking like there's a lot of awkward situations where one group is teasing another group and then it gets scary when someone's alone or someone gets freaked out then someone teases them about it and you're just always uncomfortable with everything that's happening and it never lets up for the entire hour and seven minutes and it just keeps ratcheting it up as it goes right yeah exactly then like she turns it off and she walks out into the hallway she keeps hearing all these noises and now the hallway's dark almost like it's not even the same place anymore um and it seems much more like what uh Toshio was living in yeah the house transforms back into its previous state as if she is there during the violence yes so then she looks down and a cat runs up to her and freaks her out so she starts walking backwards but of course her headphone cord is dragging so that makes the cat want to chase it because you know it's a fucking toy to the fucking cat well she crawls up into like this closet area and she keeps hearing something above her and so she pokes her head because there's a little door to the attic she looks up and it's very dark she has a lighter and all of a sudden something rushes up to her i don't think she can sense it but we see it from that point of view anyway she decides to light the lighter to see what was up there all of a sudden we see a face right there then we see her legs get lifted up into the attic uh after this the brother leaves for school not really thinking anything and that's the end of that story okay that first appearance of keiko that we were seeing yes with the white face and everything like that is something that will probably be burned into your memory and they use it effectively for the entirety of the series every time her fucking ghostly face pops up that white with black eyes that she looks like and the hair coming down every single time it will make you jump every time every 
Every time. They do yeah, it. Yeah, it is they do scary it, as shit. Yeah, they do it so well, the pop. And then the, when she reaches out and grabs the lady, that's what happens is the face and then bam, hands shoot out and grab yeah. her. And then you do sort of hear the noise. And that's when you put two and two together. That noise we were hearing is this ghostly woman in the attic that just obviously took this woman and she's gone. We don't ever yeah. see her again. Yeah. Yes. She is gone. Uh, just go ahead and assume death has become her and this one's over. And which is a bummer. She seemed like a perfectly reasonably nice lady. I also wanted to point out that the shelf that she climbs up on is like the shelf where you would put the mattress and the bedding. Because uh, in like the traditional home, you would notice that in her room. Her bedroom didn't have a bed like at all. They were doing oh, know, yeah. they were doing stuff on the table and everything. It's a very simplistic way of living. Like I bet you the tables and everything would fold up to make room for her bed. Or she would move Probably, it off to the yeah. side and then lay her bed out. Now, was that that daughter's bedroom? Yes, or... that was the daughter's yeah, bedroom. That was the daughter. Because yeah, she wasn't. It wasn't like the tutor was living there. Yeah. And what one can infer by the fact that this Keiko woman is in the attic is that that was where her body was disposed of. Yes. Yeah. That was where her body was. Yes. Disposed in that little area. Yeah. We see that here at the end. Yes. So the wrapped in plastic and everything like that is all part of it uh, in this particular film. And the plastic moving actually makes the kind of noise like where it's scraping across um, the beams in the attic and then her dragging herself across the beams makes a specific noise that you do hear later on in various places. But the big thing is the noise that she makes when the, the trying to suck air in what basically is a collapsed windpipe is what I think that sound is supposed to be. I think so, yeah. Like basically like trying to breathe with a completely crushed throat and slowly choking to death, but getting just enough breath in to keep you going for just a little bit longer and make the next noise and try and try yes. on another breath. And it's you trying. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking horrific when you think of that, but that's gotta be what it is by the way her neck is constantly twisted and on a swivel. It must yeah. be just completely crushed by his rage. Oh fucking Jesus. Yeah. When you think about what was done to her or what must have been done to her, yeah, it's fucking terrible. Yeah, and it's no wonder that it left such a horrific impression on this home that it's pretty much just become a black hole of fucking death. Yeah, of uh, horrificness. Yeah. And it's it's also important to note that the house has a very traditional feel for the Japanese style of architecture and things, the way that yeah. it's laid out and the way that the beds are and everything, but it also has more of like a modern like like let's say like late 90s modern take on the traditional Japanese house that you may have seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. Which is really interesting because it it gives it this very like out of time feel to the entirety of the movie. Like you really don't know when the segment with Toshio took place or when this curse got enacted in this house, but you know that the kid is part of it because of the meows like that was happening and then we definitely saw a black cat appear which caused this second disappearance slash what we're going to just assume is a death and when the mangled corpse in the ceiling thing comes for her and yeah. just the way it moves is horrific. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, so everything's horrific. just fucking horrific in yeah. this fucking thing. Yeah, it's so fucking well done. We can move on now. I just wanted to just drop all of that in here because it's already like, we're only like, what, two, three stories in now, right? We're we're past the third story right there, which is about- Nope, this was just the second story. Oh, okay, we're going into the third story, right? The third story, yeah. The end of the second story closes with a monster pop. And like, I'm, yeah. they're not even that long of segments, all six of them, you know? Because it's only about an hour, so I think they're probably making maybe what 10 minutes a piece give or take yeah i think so some of them are a little longer than others so effectively in your first 20 minutes of the film you get your first huge monster pop in the ghost story where you actually get to see what this vengeful onrio spirit 
is actually looks like and and you know just how horrific it is and it's already been building up all this tension in you so you get that quick release but then you don't know what happens to this woman so you're left trying to figure out what's going to happen with this woman when the curse starts coming for all the other people in the next stories yeah right like okay so this woman's just gone now and will we see her again because we know how many of these type of movies like to just dredge up a horrific looking body. <laughs> right. But the fact of the matter is you're waiting and waiting and waiting and then it never happens for her. Yeah. But then when you yeah. finally do see a victim and what happens afterwards and what their spirit looks like when it returns is just so much more fucking horrific that you really don't want to see this first lady at all. No. Yeah. You don't want to ever want to see her again. Not really. It's <laughs> just that's not good for anybody. Uh, <laughs> we can move on now. <laughs> That's just not a good time for anybody. Just leave her alone. <laughs> so now we go into the next story. Miss Huo. I think I'm saying it right. Um, anyway, we see a girl runs up to the school and she's looking for Tayoshi, who is the brother from that last story. As she's looking around for him, she finds his cell phone on the ground and his bike's still there. She talks to another student, and he says, yeah, that's his bike. He's probably still inside. Um, she's like, have you tried his cell phone? And she's like, oh, I have his cell phone. I found it outside. A teacher apparently had taken it uh, the day before. So anyway, she starts looking around the school, and a faculty member shows up. Asks her what she's doing there. She's wanting to close up the school for the day. And she says her friend's in there. And she's like, no, I've, I've checked. No one's in here that I can see. But she says, come in and I'll we'll ring him over the PA. Although the whole time she bitches and it's like, I'm going to report you. I'm going to report him. I'm going to report all this. It's like, he wasn't even doing anything wrong. Jesus Christ, calm down. <laughs> well, the lady just wanted to close up and this chick is loitering and she's got to lock up everything. And she's yeah. kind of responsible for any kids that are left behind, I'm guessing. Because again, that whole culture of care. So she's just basically doing her job, but has every right to be irritated by the fact that there may be a student still inside, even though she's already checked. Yeah. And did you recognize the actress that was playing the girlfriend? I know I've seen her before. I just couldn't place her. She's the one that has the giant ball and chain thing in Kill Bill that tries to kill the bride. I think it's the same. Thank actress. you. All right. Yep. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Kogo Gogo, I think is her name. I think I don't well, know. Well, hey, look at that. No, no, the character, not the actress. I can't remember the actress's name. She's also okay, okay and that actress looks just how she did. I, I mean, she apparently does not age. She's a vampire. She got a little taller, but yes, she looked very much the same. Uh, she was yeah, also she, she's a vampire. She was also it's, in. It's very interesting. She was also in Battle Royale, and that's like her most badass character. I think that I've seen her play, and that's I think what I more remember her from. Because now that you say Battle Royale, I remember that. So anyway. Um, she makes an announcement. She calls him over the PA. She has some more checks she has to make. So she tells the young lady to stay in the room, even if he comes back, so she can escort him out. So she's waiting. She calls uh, his home and talks to somebody, I'm assuming the mother, and said, but uh, understands that he's not there. As she's then hanging out, the lights all go out in the room, and uh, she drops something. I couldn't see what. She drops down underneath the desk to pick it up, and as she's reaching for it, she sees two small child feet run by. I think she drops the cell phone, because she still has what's-his-name's phone. See, but wait, because it, she doesn't, because then all of a sudden the phone starts ringing, and the phone is still up on... Because I thought she dropped the phone, too, but she reaches up to the desk to get the phone. I think she knocks something off the desk. Uh, it was something she knocked off. Yeah. yeah, she dropped something, but yeah, it wasn't the phone. So she reaches to get the phone. She actually, we see, there's the child feet. She touches them. She freaks out. All of a sudden, the desk starts shaking. 
And then it stops. Uh, she gets up and she sees the phone still ringing. And this is insulting your ears this entire time. For like three fucking minutes, this phone is ringing in your ears. It is fucking annoying. This is before they had fucking vibration, apparently. <laughs> oh, um, it's also important to note that the kid is now just as pale white as the beastie that we saw on the ceiling. Yes, this kid is pale. The legs were pale that we saw. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Almost blue. Yeah. Into, uh, in the right light. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it looks like it absorbs the color. Like, it's such a stark white that absorbs whatever color is around it. Exactly. Uh, so, anyway, she then looks at the phone, and it's displaying all fours. Uh, which goes which back get- to that short film that we were talking yeah. about. I think that might have something to do with that. It's a reference back. Yeah. Well, she checks the halls. Nothing's there. She can't see, find anything. This phone is still fucking ringing. So she finally answers it, and she starts hearing a cat meow. All of a sudden, something grabs her. She looks down, and there's the boy. It's it's Toshi. Uh, 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 it's a uh, it's fucking Toshio. And, all pale uh, white and horrific monster. All pale white with that mouth gapping open at her and starts meowing. That ends that story. All right. That what's important to note. It's a howling cat, which is absolutely a howling cat. Yes. Yeah, which has a direct is- a direct button to my oh you poor baby. Like it just makes uh-huh. me feel so sad. And just <laughs> that's the thing about the kid. Like he feels like the type of sadness where you just feel so awful for what well, happened was, to him. You know. Yeah. He's innocent in all this. Right. So and it's just so tragic and so awful that both he and the cat yeah. were killed in this because of this vengeful like just angry pissed off father you know yeah. that we obviously already know what's kind of happening at this point you can put it together when you see a dead mom and a dead child yep. that were in the house you kind of know what it is right yeah exactly but you get the feeling that he and the cat are somehow now you know horrifically linked but you don't know exactly how yet and to have him meow like a fucking terrified cat and like reach out and touch people and still do that and terrify them I I think he represents the tragedy or the sadness that follows people more than the mother. The mother's just yeah. straight up like vengeful rage the, because of how she yeah. died. That's the what, mom's all pissed. Yeah, it's well, that's basically the vengeful rage or that type of violent, vengeful, raging death is what she brings whenever she comes to comes to people. And the kid just brings this very terrified, sad, tragic death to someone when he comes for them. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's just sad. <laughs> Makes you feel bad. And she disappears uh, too, and you never see her again. The uh, the girlfriend when he grabs her leg, she yeah. you never see her yeah, again. You never see her he again. Her. That's 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 right. You never see her again. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I forget. I forgot you never see her again. So much happens after this, you almost forget her. Well, I think that's kind of the point. Is sometimes when the curse takes someone or whatever this is, whenever it takes someone, it literally erases them from existence. <laughs> like it just completely removes them from the timeline. Like they were never there because people yeah. don't even go looking for them or wonder what happened to them unless they're like a family member that was kind of vaguely aware of them existing before this yeah jesus christ that's creepy fuck <laughs> you feel so bad for these people. because once he takes her that you never see the late i don't even remember seeing the lady come back for her after this because you just it just goes and it abandons her altogether yeah you would you would just assume that the lady would just lock up and forget about her at this point like because it's just it's over with she's gone yeah or fucking that lady's also dead 
and we just didn't get to watch her even having a moment. Well, it is a possibility because if he came for the girlfriend from being in the house just once or being around the boyfriend who was also taken, yeah. he probably would come from the lady because the lady was just around her. It's a possibility. Or the By the mother. way, the boyfriend, we never see the brother ever. Uh, the last you see of him, he heads to school. So he had to have been taken somewhere in school then, and that's why his bike yeah, was still there. Yeah, because his bike was still at scary. Yeah, yeah, something must have happened at school. Yeah, and had to have. Because he was taken at school, perhaps that's why the girlfriend got taken at school too because he died there and she was in the house and they already had the connection so maybe that's why she got taken there yeah that's that's what i'm thinking yeah yeah well, i didn't think about be. that yeah there's a lot yeah. of shit that you could just kind of read into how the curse may have gotten to affect somebody it, and yes because this movie's only an hour and it doesn't waste a fucking moment of that hour yeah shit sucks <laughs> yeah it gets because really intense you, really like, fast <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh damn man yeah it, because it's so strange when you can forget about stuff in an hour-long movie like oh yeah i forgot about him even but it's easy to do that because jesus <laughs> i mean who wants to you know you can't really uh deal with anything else because already something else is in your fucking lap and i never even thought about what could have possibly happened to him other than obviously the curse already took him you know what i mean yeah. but it would oh, make yeah. sense that he would be taken in school because he goes to school we never see him again we know his bike's at school so it's obvious that he was taken at school from the curse yeah obvious and scary and it, as hell. And it could be he was taken in the exact same room that the girl was waiting in, and that's why she got taken there, too. It's a possibility, but we do see her get taken at that school, so does that mean that the curse is going to spread in this school now, too? I only think, I still think you have to be in the house. Or see a person die or be there when a person dies of the curse, because it does create a new curse, remember? Yeah. Yes, it does. So, yeah, it's, that's just what I think. Yeah, so. Okay, yeah, we can move on. All right. So, then we go to the story, Canna. So, we see a coroner checking out a dead body, and two cops walk in. The body is twisted and broken. It had rabbit blood and stuff mixed in with it uh, as well. And the cops are like, yeah, we know we were at the scene. There was a dead rabbit. So, then you're like, oh, fuck, the rabbit. Okay, so then, whatever it was that came for the girl took the rabbit, too, because she was probably holding yes. the rabbit at the same time. And, and apparently took a second girl. Because we're about to find out there's a missing jaw and it was inside this body. But it wasn't this body's jaw because this body still had its jaw. Yeah, right so now then, we're assuming that that's the daughter that's on the table, but there's you're, an extra. You're assuming it. But it's it, an but extra now jaw. They, yeah, jaw, yeah, they jaw just bone. said there's yeah. an extra lower jaw. And then a cop comes in and states that there were two students heading to the school as it was both their jobs to feed the rabbit. So, uh-oh, who knows what happened to the other one, but it's probably they're probably missing a jaw. <laughs> we the, don't know which one is the daughter at this point, but we yeah. do know that if you were in the presence of someone getting taken by the curse, you also get taken. Yes. Including uh, if you're a, a fucking rabbit, apparently. Yeah, even a fucking rabbit. So, well, the, the cops are leaving, and one of the cops wonders if you lost your whole entire lower jaw could you live and keep walking and they just kind of shrugged themselves well mom come we cut to mom coming back to the cursed house she gets a call for her son and we're starting to realize this is probably from the son's girlfriend because the conversations line up yeah it's taking it the exact same time this is just from her yeah. perspective you are correct and she's like no one's here and while finishing the call we see someone stumbling in behind her well then all of a sudden, clearly mom covered sees- in blood you can tell yeah Oh, yeah. And blood is all over the stairs as this, as Canna walks up. We can tell it's her from her uniform. 
The uniform is that of a girl's school uniform. Her body is so also broken and it's bloody. Broken and, and fucked. Yeah, it looks and as she, though her arms are folded in half, but her legs has, still somehow has, work. She has been beaten all the hell. As she's getting up to the top of the stairs, uh, mom calls her and yes, and she turns around to face mom, and she has no lower jaw whatsoever. It is fucking horrific practical makeup and the mom screams and that's the end of that story the practical makeup is actually so good i paused it and we didn't have a really good resolution yeah. but i kind of mm-hmm. like tried to zoom in as best i could uh because we're working with a dvd print of this and yeah. uh from what i could tell they blacked out her jaw and then yeah that's what i th- that's what i could tell and yeah, then they and made they, pe- they made upper teeth look as good as they could. Yeah, and basically like that. But the way that they filmed it and the way that the shadow was in this lower resolution, like a straight-to-video version of a movie would be in this day, they use the lack of resolution of the medium that it's going to be delivered to on the time against you to trick your brain into thinking that you see a woman that had her complete lower jaw ripped off, and it works really well. And it's just practically painted on makeup, and it's just a quick enough flash that if you don't rewind it and you don't look too much, it fucks you so bad right in the brain pan. Yeah. Yeah, you are fucked right away. Mom screams, ends the story so abruptly, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, these little... Again, these little really uncomfortable. Yeah, these little stingers at the end of these stories of this, this, these moments of horror, and that way that she looks in her body and the way that the actress moves is like, just, you feel every... It's like watching someone who doesn't have cartilage left in their knees and you just watch their bones sliding back and forth when they step, and you can see yeah. the bones, sli- like the knees slipping on the joint back and forth and you know that has to hurt and you just wish you could stop seeing it like that's how she moves her joints do not line up right and she's just creeping along and just every step you see her body like almost kind of tip over and barely hold itself up and this is like the most horrific shambling zombie you can think of like it's got tar man written all over it you know what i mean like that motion that 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 particular zombie had and it's just out of the corner of your eye and she's coated in blood and you can see it the mom doesn't notice it you watch it go past her like she's just gonna go up to the stairs and just go to bed like she's just had Mm -hmm. a real rough day and she just wants to go to sleep Uh, what a day Right. And then by the time she gets to the top of the stairs, it's like your typical story of like a Japanese ghost, where as long as you let that spirit go, that vengeful spirit, when when it's doing its cycle, it's not going to harm you. You didn't get caught in the loop. You just let it be. But because the mom would check on your daughter in that state, obviously, and it interrupts her, I think this is where the curse transfers to mom, and we never see her again. Yeah. 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 And again, I mean, yeah, you never see mom again. So shit. That, uh, not good. Not not good at all. Self-replicating, vengeful, violent spirits is a really horrific idea. It really yeah. is. And all it is is linked to this house. You think it is, at least. Like, you know, if you are just not there, maybe, whenever the curse comes for somebody. But I feel like all you have to do is not be around people and not go in this house. I think I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll stay away from that house. I'll stay away from other people's houses for forever i'm fine with that uh let me just stay uh, here and work remotely for the rest of my life and never leave my house unless it's to pick up groceries yeah i mean sure jesus christ at least don't let make me go into any murder houses that's that's all i'm asking (laughs) that's a bit much to ask of me is is that a bit much to ask well jesus christ we can move on (laughs) all right next story is uh kayako uh, well, we're back to the teacher with Toshio. He finds a tour picture of the family on the ground, and he puts it all together, and it all comes together except for one missing piece, and that's the one with the mom's face on it. He hears his own strange sounds. 
and he checks out the bathroom where he found the boy. Um, he looks at his hands, and all of a sudden they go to blood, and then they're clean again. And he's like, what the fuck? Not only that, but cut- there was something horrifically mutilated in the fucking sink between his that's hands. Right, that's right, but you couldn't really see what was going on. That was the fucking cat. Was that the cat? That was the cat. He, the, the husband demolished the cat in a rage into the fucking sink in this film. That's what it looked like to me. Well, he comes out of the bathroom, and Toshio is gone. He hears him upstairs uh, saying, like, did I do good, Mom? And mom, where are you going? And then he, uh, then he's like, uh, then the te- you know, the teacher can even hear a woman talking. And he's like, well, the teacher wants to meet you, mom, and all this kind of stuff. Well, he goes into that room, but it's just Toshio, and he's alone drawing cats. I'd go home. I just, I'd be like, okay, well, you're alive, I guess. I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, once again, that culture of caring, you cannot understand. Yeah. Like, you would have gone the fuck away a long time ago. Yeah, my fear would have let me take a first step in the house. And also, in the culture we're kind of in, I don't want to be in some kid's house where if I don't know his parents are in there and I'm not related to them. People talk. Yeah, yeah, it's best to stay on the doorstep. Yeah, I'm about ready to be, like, told, could you have a seat over there and it's fucking Chris fucking Hansen. <laughs> Only in this case, it's not Chris fucking Hanson. It's something much more horrific. I mean, not by much, but yeah. Um, but if you're being visited by Chris Hansen, chances are you're doing shit that you deserve it. You're doing shit. Yeah, you deserve it. It's bad. But those guys, I'm sure if you said, okay, it's Chris Hansen in a TV show and nationally, we're all going to know you're a pedo. Or B, it's a vengeful spirit that's going to tear your body to pieces and you're going to die. They think about it. They think about which one they'd want. <laughs> either way, some kind of vengeful thing is going to try and tear his body yeah. apart piece by piece. E- e- either way, his life's fucking over. And it should be. <laughs> That's fair. We can move on. Yeah. Then he hears a woman behind him. And he goes to investigate. And then all of a sudden this door opens. He enters the room. And he finds all the cutout pics of mom's face. Then he finds her journal. And in there, mom professes her love for him about how, you know, she always loved him since college. And it goes from, oh, I just love him so much. We get to see him, all this, to then uh, he has a weakness for Saki. And you're like, well, that's a little weird, but all right. And then it goes to, I already, uh, this, uh, that woman is no good for him. I know where he lives. I know where his apartment is. And then it goes into, I've taken him home from the bar when he's gotten like pissed out drunk and I've taken him home. So I know where he lives. I know I've been in his place and you're kind of going, Oh, holy shit. Now, the way that they do this sequence is really important uh, as well, because they set up and as the notes get more and more manic, it starts to overlap like what she's saying. And it's really hard to kind of follow everything that she's saying. But the subtitles definitely put it in an order and make it easy to to see what's going on. But in the vocals, you can actually hear all this different stuff where she's talking about him and you hear his name repeating over and over again, where she's like, she sees him and she he did this or the thing about the sake or knows where he lives. And as it gets more and more disturbing, the more layers it, it gets and the more she's talking over herself as if she's just mumbling to herself frantically and just like all over the place with all of these different thoughts. And it kind of puts you into the state of mind that she's in where she is obsessively 
stalking him in a very grotesque manner to where almost she would probably be doing something that would cause him harm. And now yeah. you kind of understand the state of mind that that must have put her husband in if he knew this the entire time and the kind of rage that that would invoke in him to be as violent as he actually was. Because at this point, it's making it seem as horrific as what we know of what happened to the Benoit family. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's just, it, uh, it just doesn't even touch what this guy apparently did because we already seen what I assumed was the cat just beaten to a bloody pulp in the sink, which I also assume is what was thrown through the window, like that bloody chunks of stuff where they would clean it up out of the sink and just threw it out the window. Yeah. And then the, like the rest of it would be when he saw the bloody hands, it was the guy like getting ready to clean his hands after he did that. Yeah. We now know for a fact that everyone who lived in that house wasn't exactly the picture of sanity. Yeah, there's some serious mental health issues going around the entirety of this house, including the boy who is the child of this, but still just seems like something so much far beyond the capability of humanity to even be able to understand. You know what I mean? Like it's something yeah. that's whatever happened, whatever made this man go that far off and whatever violence he perpetuated on both his wife and child and apparently the family cat and who knows what else inside that house like whatever ended up happening it's very clear that the rotten state that the house was in was the disrepair due to a lack of proper mental health in anyone yeah in the house. Uh, both parents were fucking had problems <laughs> right that that's definitely obvious we see that here but we also get revealed what could cause someone to go into the raids that they did and that's why these yeah. notes are so important and it's why they do it so frantically to, to let you know is whatever causes the violence the reason that the person went off is because of this contents of this diary and the obsession that the wife had clearly the jealous rage was as matched as the obsessive nature she studied his life yeah yeah, man, just that's some that's some next level shit. <laughs> that that's a that's a bad fucking combo. <laughs> <laughs> right. When you get that, you realize just how awful this curse is and how much power yeah. it has behind it because of that level of just fucking insane rage the and obsession. Shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, we can move on. Sorry. All right, all right. After that, he's freaked and he's gonna go to leave, but he hears this fly and it's in the closet. And as he goes in there, he looks up. Lights a lighter and finds the mom's dead body up in the attic, broken and just dead. He rushes out, grabs Toshio. Before they can leave, he gets a phone call. It's Sai, the husband uh, and dad, uh, the dad of Toshio and the husband. He tells him to take care of Toshio and they have to take turns taking care. Uh, he's taking care of his baby. And when he goes, what? And he goes, oh yeah, your baby was born today. And they cut to a guy in a phone booth. He's bloody as shit. And he's holding a fetus. And the whole entire phone booth is bloody. Yeah. And he tells him, congratulations, it was a girl. And he starts laughing and he hangs up the phone. He stumbles out of the booth. Freak, you know, just a complete mess. We cut back to the teacher who collapses to the ground. The boy then picks up the phone and starts talking to his mom. And then he starts getting weird making weird noises. All of a sudden he looks upstairs. The teacher does, and we see mom. Mom's coming down, and she is super fucking scary. <laughs> That's like shit that will haunt you forever. Yeah, this is the part that Talk we were talking about. That shit. Okay, this is the part that we were talking about where it seems like her elbows are bending in a way that they should not yeah. be. Her legs oh. are also bending backwards like they should not be. It's almost like her head's twisted upside down, and she's crawling normally down. But it's when you look at it, it's it's just a woman crawling on her stomach. But the way that she manu maneuvers her body and the way that she buckles her back down, it almost looks like she's crawling 
smiling backwards with her head twisted upside down. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. That's how it looks. And I think that's how it's, you know, it's meant to look. And she's wrapped but in plastic, fuck, no, like several times it. over, wrapped in plastic and is wearing a dress. And her body is very clearly broken and bloody. Yeah. And from the looks of her hair, it looks like her scalp is just halfway hanging on and just yes. glued back with Ugh. blood. And it's it's just really horrific. And it, it's a very stark red blood over this white makeup with the black circles around the eyes and everything like that. And it's something that you, when you see her face and you see her crawling down the stairs like that and the noises that it makes, the sound, the pain that's in her body as it's moving and the popping noises of the joints. Jesus yeah. Christ, man. It's just so intense. And it is. It's really fucking horrific. And by the time she makes it down to the landing and just kind of falls there, and then you're like, oh, God. You have just oh. enough of a breath to say that to yourself. And then she comes down the bottom half of the stairs for him so fucking fast, you don't even fucking register it before she's on top of him and moving super slow and making that awful noise again. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck me. It is just some of the scariest shit ever. <laughs> yeah. And the idea of that is her particular curse that's coming for him, but it's her obsession with him that caused all of this. So it's really her obsession that's coming to kill him at this point, which is why it's so deliberate and like rushing to him, but then stops for a moment just to like bask in the glory of being in his presence because it's yeah. her obsession that's killing him. You know, it's very different than how she maneuvers at other people where she just comes at them and grabs them and they're gone. This one, she almost savors taking him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's. It's just so ooh, not not good in, <laughs> at all. And you're just fucking watching this slowly, slowly start to happen. And you're like, well, this can't be good, <laughs> yeah. even a little bit. What you're, uh, what you're saying is the situation is not good at all, when in fact the film is so well done that it's making you register the fear of what that man is going through so much that yeah. you almost have PTSD talking about this film, my man. You do, because it is so fucking just insane watching her come down the stairs. And then he moves, and he's entirely free. The kid starts meowing, his mouth just goes open, meowing. So again, your senses are all over the place. Her noises, hearing her body crack. You, moving and the kid is still looking like his beat up self almost like he's not fully dead yet or his yeah. spirit hasn't transformed into the same thing that the wife has yeah you're i mean you're right or this is what he wants his teacher to see i don't know <laughs> yeah it's it's really hard to tell but like this is maybe the kid was left alone and like starved to death slowly <laughs> <laughs> and it took a or, while before I, you know who, or he's just dead and we haven't found his body yet that could or be. that is his dead body walking around that's why he looks so beat up <laughs> that could be too if he hasn't transformed into the white thing yeah, yet exactly um then he um uh, that he like falls to the ground and uh he he backs up to get to the door but then all of a sudden the door opens to the house and there's mom on the other end of the door, so she's no longer on the stairs, and she falls down and attacks the teacher. We then cut to her husband. He's literally swimming in this bag that has a fetus in it around it and hitting the ground with it, smashing it. <laughs> that was pretty fucking horrific, man. I mean, oh my god. And then all of a sudden, this bag comes crawling after him. It opens up. It's his wife coming to extract her revenge. That's the end of that story. 
And that's going to lead us to the last story. We're going to see a different death for the husband uh, in some of the other films. This particular one where after going and killing the man's own child and forcing him to take care of his own is the idea. Like, it's just so horrific. Like, he is so far gone in his quest for vengeance that I just can't even fathom what he did and how. Like, he clearly ripped the baby out of the guy's wife and probably murdered his wife, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he definitely uh, murdered that guy's wife. I think he anthropophagist her. Out, yeah, the baby out. I mean, in a, the most horrific way did he uh, 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 end that woman's life. <laughs> so, I mean, oh my good lord. Right. All, all we know is that he's playing with a fucking fetus while he's on the phone with the father telling him what happened. And yeah, yeah, then- telling him, hey, I... Uh- I I birthed your kid. Congratulations. <laughs> right. Basically saying that he ripped the child out of his mother's womb, causing her death and the child's because it clearly wasn't old enough to be outside of the body yet. Yeah. Oh, but it was close because she was very pregnant. Right. Like we're talking like like seven months in or eight months in probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, but she still, was close. But still, he made sure that it didn't live. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then the way that he gleefully runs down the street, bashing the bag off of everything he possibly can, like, yeah. and the sound effect, the noise that goes along with it, you're like, what the fuck are you doing to me, movie? What the fuck? I, again, it's only there to assault every sense you fucking have. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> get get bent. Right. And the only thing that gives you any respite at all is the fact that the wife comes for the husband immediately after this horrific act that he does. Yeah. Yeah. That he gets that, you know, he gets his at least kind of, you know? <laughs> yeah. <'Cause>, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, right? It's just, it's so hard to fucking watch it's it's not an easy watch but at least for a better reason than it's it's a bad movie it's a hard watch because it's a well done movie unfortunately (laughs) yeah that was right out of the blue and in any other film it would have completely just shut us down and ruined the idea of what was going in the film yeah but the way that they've set it up and to show just how twisted and violent things had gotten in the house that it doesn't even feel that far afield that this fucking sick bastard would do what we just saw yeah no you're you're exactly right it's but it's still fucking it is not nice. <laughs> and before you have time to even come to terms with what it is that you just saw and figure out and realize that, no, he was beating a fucking fetus into pieces in that bag, just in his rage because it's just not enough for him. And he's gleeful about it and super enjoying it. Then the bag makes a noise and the wife comes for him. And you don't even have time to like really process it and really think about it. And it wasn't until you brought it up that I was really like, holy shit. Yeah, that, you know, that was obviously that was a fetus, but I, I didn't really yeah. process that. I just saw him bashing the bag. Like I just thought he was just bashing the bag. I didn't want to think about that. But now that I have to, I'm like, Jesus Christ movie, what are you trying to do to me? And then when the wife comes and takes him, you, you don't, you know what I mean? It's just simple, yeah. severe trauma. Just nonstop. All over the place. <laughs> right. All trauma all the fucking time. That's it. That's all this movie is. It's just trauma. And it's an, only an hour. Like when they start padding it out and giving you even more stuff, like to where you start to see people's lives before the curse comes and takes them, I promise you it yeah. makes it worse. Because you start to yeah. like the people more. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, come on. Stop it. Yeah, like you feel horrible for this fucking teacher when you realize yeah. what ended up happening to him. The, and, the, the, and it's so the not only his thing fault. You could, the only thing you get from any of this is that maybe he has a drinking problem that doesn't filter into this. <laughs> you know, he never cheated on his wife. This woman had a whole thing about her. So, 
uh, yeah. or a whole thing about him. Well, that's I should that's say. that's the fucking thing is he had no fucking clue about this at all. And regardless of what was going to happen, um, you know, in he had no part in this at all. And he was just doing his job checking up on the family. And the kid just happened to be in his class that he was teaching, and the woman just happened to be a fucking obsessed with him ever since they were kids yeah. together in college. And just the the circumstances that end up happening, like the real victim in all of this is the wife and child of this guy for sure. But like him mostly like he's the most tragic figure in all of this and it's almost yeah. like after his death the tragedy of his death and the tragedy of his wife's death and his family the curse that gets unleashed on that is what finally gives keiko the power to take her husband yeah you're right completely oof holy shit ah man the more you think about it and like put things together the worse this whole fucking thing gets <laughs> right <laughs> i mean well and uh, we could be completely wrong this could be just uh, obviously it's just our interpretation or just the way that we're looking at it but the film just gleefully moves through all of these segments of extremity and you're left to try and make sense of it or just deal with the trauma yeah exactly yeah and, but yeah you're you're left to deal with it you're left to deal with all this other horse shit that is just really beating you up sensory wise and uh, that's the one that i take away from this is just the sensory fuck you on this movie is big i mean unbelievably large i've never had a sensory problem like this in a movie ever i've i had to stop that movie just i had to stop the movie a couple times just to kind of shake it out because it was that bad wow i didn't know that it was going to get that intense for you you better fucking strap in because they just get better made from here Oh, fuck yeah, I guess. I'm going to try. But Jesus. Let's move on. All right. The final story will be uh, uh, Kyoko. So a woman meets her brother, and he wants her help with checking out a house that has a little history, which is making it hard to sell. Apparently, uh, a family was found dead, but a family died in the house, but bodies went missing. He wants her to check it out as she's somewhat of a clairvoyant. She has a sensitivity to these type of things. Well, we get to the house, and of course, it's the murder house. In the first minute she walks in, she already doesn't like it. Uh, she feels uncomfortable. It's not going well. Uh, she stated that this, the, you know, because they're talking about the family uh, of the girl who lost her jaw and the brother. Well, apparently the dad of the family is alive, but he's in a hospital. And the mom and daughter are dead. No even talk about the brother. Saying just those two died in the house and the dad's in a hospital. He probably went insane. Well, she, the sister, senses the house and says more than two people had died there. And uh, <laughs> We know because we've seen it yeah. all. This is at the very yeah. end of all of this. She checks out all the mail delivered and she doesn't know who it's for. It's actually for the first, the, the guy who started this whole thing by killing his wife and the cat and the son. The original family, um, yes. Yeah, and, but she wonders who the letters are for. Uh, then she goes upstairs and she sees a lady in white staring back at her, almost, again, bent in a, such a horrific way. Well, she still goes up and she goes into a room and, and her brother follows and it's the, the room that, uh, you know, the, the bad room. Yeah, the room that Kiko's body was disposed of above. Yeah, yeah that opening and is there. She's, she's kind of fucked, and she goes, this house is too much for her. And the uh, she has her brother bring in a bottle of sake. She drinks it and spits it out. And she says, uh, 
Whoever checks out the house, they have to drink this sake. If they spit it out or it doesn't taste right, then uh, he cannot sell the house to them because they can't handle the house. She then runs out because she says she can't handle it either. Sometime later, she is told by her brother that he sold the house. She asked if they drank the sake, and he says yes, they did, and they loved the house. He then asks her later to come over to his place because his son is starting to look and act weird. So you're thinking, shit, that curse is transferring. Yep. So she decides to check out the house, and she looks, and she finds the mom of Toshino has pretty much possessed the new woman in the house, because now it looks just like her. And she's sitting there, and she starts staring at her out the window. Roll credits. God damn, what an ending, right? Ain't, ain't that some shit? Yeah, with, oh man. I thought, and I don't think he did the sake test at all, because remember, he was like, uh... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the sake thing. Yeah, I totes did that. Of course. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And, and a, I'm like, a, uh, you didn't do that shit. I just want to focus in on her explanation. The sake apparently can absorb the spirits or the nature of the spirits of a house. So if she leaves the room and leaves the sake in this room, it would absorb that negative energy. And then they need to drink it. If it tastes awful to them, then clearly they are susceptible to the evil spirits. But if they don't taste it, they'll be fine there. They won't be susceptible to the spirits. But I think the point is with this house is that anyone and everyone that ever comes in contact with this house is susceptible to those spirits, including her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why she wanted out like right away. I think the more time you spend in the house, the more you are susceptible to an attack from it. I think so as well. But once it's just you, like being exposed to a disease. Yeah, but once you go there, it will come for you eventually. It's just it needs to get powerful enough to finally be able to overtake you, like the husband who ran away right immediately after the death. Yeah. Yeah, so it takes a while. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it latches on to you. So, but yeah, I think she got out of there enough time, but I guess we'll, you know, I don't I don't know what else could happen here. But I mean, I think she's, she's in the sequel two, that we're going to, yeah, we're going to see. They were shot, well, then, they were shot pretty much together. So I think it would be like uh, one long movie, but they split it into two individual gotcha. direct to video hour long segments. There you go. All right. So yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, if you go into that house uh, for any given amount of time, uh, you leave marked, for lack of a better word. Yeah, the longer you're there, the more likely you are going to die sooner. And if you yeah. if you live there, when it finally comes for you, it's going to be absolutely horrific, and it is going to make sure that it can spread in some way, shape, or form when it does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's some scary shit. <laughs> yeah and the, just the idea that like you you know in your brain that whatever happened there in the house and whatever happened to keiko whatever happened to tashio whatever happened to the cat which you do see kind of what happened to the cat the rage that caused these deaths and the violence that must have taken place just when you thought you couldn't in your own mind come up with something more horrific you then find out that the same guy went and tore a fetus out of this dude's wife just because his wife was obsessed with him yeah exactly and to a lady who had nothing to do with anything. So, oh, I mean, holy shit. Again, fuck. Yeah. I mean, what the hell is that? Yeah, the kind of violence that he was capable of for that pregnant woman and that unborn child, the the kind of yeah. violence that he was capable of perpetuating for them just makes your mind go even crazier when you're like, Jesus, what did he do in the fit of rage to his own wife and child? Yeah, right? I mean, if he was doing that, well, obviously he broke his wife into a million million pieces of bone. Yeah, he apparently beat her to a bloody pulp. The same thing with the cat, and you assume he did that with the kid. He assume he did it with the kid as well, for as beaten up as that kid was, yeah. So, Jesus. I mean, not a a good... 
not a good thing to be done. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's the more you think about it, the absolutely more horrific it is. And then when you try and parse out exactly how the curse works, because your mind wants rules, you want boundaries, you want to know how you're safe. But yeah. the more you think about it, the more you kind of realize that this is probably going to grow and just increase, you know, because eventually someone else is going to try and move into that house. Somebody always wants to move into a house. Someone will always buy a house. And if this was an American, no one walks away from real estate in a haunted house in America. So, you know, it's just going to get worse. Yeah, exactly. You just know you're you're not going to have a good time with that one. So Yeah, eventually <laughs> someone that buys this fucking murder house is going to end up trying to have a fucking housewarming party and and them and everyone they know and love is going to fucking get tainted and killed, you know. Yeah. And then it's just going to keep repeating. Like it doesn't matter. And then if it becomes infamous this fucking curse house, then fucking kids are going to show up thinking that they'll be fine and they just need to go yeah, check it out. Let's have fun. Let's party. <laughs> Right. Partying at the cursed house is something that I have definitely done. Or partying at the murder house is also something that I have done. How are you still alive? Because <laughs> it's not real, my man. It's just not real. In this movie, uh, in this movie, I would sure. absolutely be fucking murdered, my man. Okay. I, right. I would totally in this in, movie. In, I would in be horror dead. movies, you'd be dead like a billion times over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the you must not read from the book guy that always fucking reads from the book is me. Matt yeah. Matt can attest to this. I have done that and I will continue yeah. to do that because I'm not always of an do that yeah <laughs> you will never not do that <laughs> <laughs> i will never not play the spooky tape in the abandoned cabin that's right you will always play it and if they tell you you have to say the words exactly right you'll, you'll kind of sort of get there i said your words all right do you have anything else you want to say about the movie or are we ready to move on from this trauma because it's very clearly going to cause you trauma or you're going to overthink what ended up happening to try and process what happened to you because it's it's a fucking terrifying film and it's so well made for a direct video it's no wonder it became a phenomenon over there yeah right oh i agree yo yeah i'm ready to move on <laughs> that's great why don't we take a break here we'll play a little bit of baby metal with gimme chocolate to cheer us up because we all know from the dementors that chocolate will make it better and when we come of back course. we'll have some psyop news to be the chocolate for making it all better was over at his house at jamming to some baby metal just now. Totes was, man. That shit rocked. Rocked my face off. <laughs> See, man, you need to get yourself into some Japanese fucking rock and metal that apparently is all female fronted because it's given you everything you wanted with the stuff I've selected this year. Uh, uh, apparently so, man. I, I never thought of myself into that particular such exact niche of music, but all right. <laughs> it's definitely pressing the Matt Psyop happiness button for sure. It, it really is. It really is. It's good stuff. Why don't you press no, no. our listeners happy buttons and give us some Psyop news.
goes from our man Christopher. Oh, that would be our time shifting orphan Christopher, I assume. Our time shifting, yes, of course. Duh. What other Christopher do we have around here? We have some other Christophers, nope. but they usually go by Chris. Christopher is the only one that I know of that prefers to go by Christopher. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. See, we're all smart now. <laughs> uh, so uh, here's the news story from NPR. Geico may have to pay $5.2 million to a woman who got an STD in an insured car. I have a raging erection. I don't blame. America has a bunch of cunts. A Missouri Court of Appeals is siding with a woman who won a $5.2 million award against Geico in a case that centers on a unique auto injury claim. The woman says she was... Contra- that woman says that she contracted a sexually transmitted disease in a Hyundai sedan whose owner was insured by Geico. Blood jizz. The, the woman identified in court papers as M.O. My really? gum has a cure for cancer. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. How about this? It may. I, I'm not saying. It, you know, I don't know if it 100% does or doesn't. So anyway. Uh, shape, but I don't know how to perform an abortion. I, that's also true. Uh, the woman identified in court papers as M.O. says a man identified as M.B. infected her with the human pamloma virus, or HPV, when they had unprotected sex in his 2014 Hyundai Genesis. My HPV will cure what ails you. <laughs> Apparently, it's going to get you some cash. So that, Geico. well, that's a pretty good idea. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> What's with all that asshole creep? She apparently yeah. got some HPV from that guy. Oh, God, yeah. I, I really wish the other one wasn't played. Oh, fuck. All right. Anyway, she says the man was negligent and didn't tell her about his health diagnosis, despite having a throat cancer tumor that was confirmed to be positive for HPV. Yes, you can. Geico, have sex by sticking an erect penis into a vagina. This is also true. Geico had told the woman its auto insurance coverage didn't apply because the damages claimed did not arise out of the normal use of a vehicle. I'm going to so shove how did the, we get... uh, porno magazine down your throat. <laughs> so how did we get here? The sexual encounters took place in the late in late 2017. Because the car was covered by Geico at the time, M.O. says that the company is obligated to compensate her for contracting HPV from its owner in the vehicle, citing medical expenses and her pain and suffering. Your cum will probably taste better. Did he stick the needle down his pee hole? Well, he's, I mean, maybe he'd get checked for other STDs that might have happened. If you want to watch and eat popcorn. Yeah, right. The two uh, signed an arbitration agreement in March of 2021, agreeing to settle the dispute. Roughly two months later, an arbitrator award M.O. $5.2 million, saying the sub would fairly and justly compensate her. You just watched M.O. went to circuit court in Jackson County, Missouri, to enforce the arbitration ruling. It won her case. Geico then appealed the higher state court. All blowjobs should be teethy. The insurance giant said it hadn't been given a chance to defend itself, Violating its constitutional rights due to, to to due process and access to the courts. But in its ruling this week, two judges in the Missouri Court of Appeals Western District said Geico had numerous chances to act on its own behalf. The judges noted that M.O. had initially submitted a claim to Geico more than a year ago. And in February of 2021, the woman sent the company a copy of the lawsuit she was about to file against the insured man. 
At the time, she also offered to settle the claim for $1 million. The third judge on the appeals panel concurred with the court's ruling, but he also said Geico hadn't been given a meaningful opportunity to participate in the suit before the judgment was rendered. Geico is also fighting the large award in federal court. M.O. has now won three victories in Missouri, but in April 2021, Geico sued both M.O. and M.B. in federal court, asking the court to rule that the insurance company isn't liable for the woman being infected with HPV and that it doesn't have a duty to defend the man from her claims against him. Geico says the car owner's claims for coverage should be dismissed because they're barred by a number of legal doctrines, including fraud, collusion, illegality, latches, and unclean hands. Uh, but M.O. says Geico acted in bad faith by refusing to defend the man who owns the car, despite multiple requests, and by refusing to settle her claim. She says the man was insured against his personal liability arising from his negligence and actions involving his vehicle, and that makes Geico responsible. The federal case is set for a jury trial, which is currently slated to begin in Kansas City courtroom in October, since Geico filed its federal suit more than a year ago. Well over 100 docket entries have been made. So, Jesus Christ. So, there you go, folks. You can, um, well, I, I don't know if i necessarily recommend getting HPV to try to get a multi-million dollar settlement, but I can't tell you not to live your life how you want to. My but, HPV you know, will cure whatever. what ails you. My HPV it will, will cure what ails you. <laughs> it should change it to your HPV will cure your fucking negative balance in your bank account. <laughs> That's a hell of a long clip. That really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus christ that story i don't even know what side i want to take on this because like i'm not i I hate i hate an insurance company but it seems like a bullshit claim right like liability for accidents in vehicles or damage done by vehicles like i can see that you know like if he you know if he kills somebody with his car even if like he lets his car run in a garage right and it causes death like that i could see liability for that would involve the car you know but like mm-hmm. a sexual encounter in the car without telling you that he had some kind of disease, I don't know if him, like maybe his medical insurance should have to be forced to cover that. But like otherwise, I I don't know how an insurance co- like it's really unprecedented area of law that is also really perverse and bizarre at once. And like you want to just reject it, but when you think about it, you're like, yeah, I can see where they need to actually rule of law on this because insurance companies are gonna definitely not want people to have sex in their cars. And I'm sure if you start having sex in your car at this point you're gonna have your insurance rates skyrocket right yeah I, I, but also at the same time well yes i agree it's, it just doesn't seem right fuck insurance companies you know right just fuck them i'm not on this they deserve to get taken every once in a while right i'm not on the inside of the insurance company in any way <laughs> and, shape, and i'm not saying you are i'm just i understand your conundrum here it's like do i mean this kind of seems like bullshit but fuck insurance companies, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I want her to win, and I want Geico to pay just because I hate insurance as much as you do. But yeah. at the same time, uh, legally speaking, it gives a dangerous precedent because like, yeah. if someone knowingly has sex in your house, are you then liable for the diseases they get with someone else they have sex with? Oh, fuck. Yeah, that is really good shit, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't. It's... uh. 
it's too it's too much you can't do that yeah it's yeah like yeah, you can't no yeah this is yeah this sets a bad precedent right this she needs to lose this case yeah because if you are liable for the sexual decisions of another person just because they happen to do that like on your car right does your car insurance get like fucking if she gets hpv on my trunk you know because she's fucking the guy on my trunk is my insurance responsible for that am i right? responsible for that because she did it on my property without my permission oh yeah 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 see yeah you have a i'm with you man you have a party at your house right and people start getting hpv from each other because like apparently you invited the wrong person to the orgy well then, yeah. then you are responsible yeah. but like okay you have a party at your house and two people meet and go couple in your home unknown beknownst to you and on your favorite aunt's fucking <laughs> quilt that you inherited leaving a stain filled with their disease and they actually catch something from each other are you now liable because they certainly owe me for the dry cleaning that they've never paid for those fuckers <laughs> um anyway if i was you i'd up your homeowner's insurance <laughs> right like all of us need to really think about the implications yeah. of what this case could mean for your personal liability for someone else's decision to have you sex get, without you gotta a put a sign up on your front door like it, like you fucking this house at your own risk like something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that'll make my legal liability that much better. <laughs> the the owner is not liable for anything any of the things you get while fucking in this house. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously like the car manufacturer <laughs> cannot be responsible for this gentleman's poor life decision to not reveal even if he unknowingly gave her hpv but he apparently had to have known because he had a tumor in his throat and he knew that's what it was caused by yeah right yeah he had right. to he didn't know right yeah so the gentleman is definitely responsible and liable for giving her a disease but the manufacturer of the car can't be just because they made the back seat that she got the disease in it, yeah you know what i mean and if it was somebody else's car that other person shouldn't be responsible for them fucking in the car other than yeah what if what if it says somebody else's car yeah that, and it's even his then is that person also responsible they didn't they weren't even there right and this is where it becomes legally speaking very dangerous ground to tread and makes the case very yeah. fascinating and which is why it's probably getting all the way up to these upper echelons just because lawyers want to get some money don't they fucking always yeah of course yeah right um jesus yeah <laughs> hey i'm good yeah. i'm good that was a hell right. of a fucking thing and i'm not even thinking about that horrible like terrifying woman crawling down the stairs at me oh wait yeah right wait. now 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 i'm thinking about people suing me <laughs> <laughs> right which is almost equally terrifying because that could actually happen yeah yeah right <laughs> and with Fuck. that uh dangerous statement that i just made in a house that i have no idea if people died in or not <laughs> yeah right That's you, you all right over there, buddy? Yeah, I'm going to be fine once I start playing Cynthia with Run to the Future right after this. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Mean Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, 
Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. to the future and from what i have heard and or recently read when i just keep trying to find more and more of these uh, all female led uh, japanese metal and or hard rock bands apparently cynthia is one of the front runners they're one of the ones that actually started this boom or got right at the beginning of this boom of all female led like metal and hard rock and everything like that it's fucking awesome yeah ab- it's good shit i don't care who you are <laughs> fucking entertaining yeah the only folks that are missing out are the folks that are not listening to the pirate radio edit because they're just getting whatever stuff i got off the website site to try That's, and keep the copyright just, strikes just gonna, down. It's just going to be you doing making the now making the noise. <laughs> That's all it should be. Oh no, I would not do that to people. No, no, no. I just no. I mean, it's bad enough that I did it into the episode. For anybody that actually could be triggered by that, that would probably be really bad anyway. Like my probably, wife. Probably, if my wife yeah, listened to this episode, I'd tell be the wife not trouble. to listen to this episode. She doesn't listen to any of them because she knows it's not for her. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Same here. <laughs> if she wanted to listen to the two of us be a bunch of fucking jackasses, she can get that for free anytime she wants. Right? It's like, yeah, she just would, you know, get us, you know, the wives to just make us go to dinner again. And then there you go, you have it. And then immediately regret allowing us to be together in public. Yeah, that's usually how that goes. <laughs> it usually ends up with all, uh, you know, you guys going to your car, uh, me and my wife going to my car, and at the same time, both our wives tell us when we get in the car, this is why we don't go out. <laughs> More or less, yeah. Why can't you act normal? <laughs> Every, like, two or three years or so, the wives try to get us together for, like, a double dinner kind of thing. And then they regret it immediately. Every two or three up, years. But you know what? Every two to three years, we come up with fucking classic jokes, though. <laughs> it's true. And we always jokes ruin Jokes that occasion. live for fucking ever. <laughs> and they're very much inside, which is weird that we're even talking about it now, almost like we're trying to pad out an already padded episode. Mmm, so much padding. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to find the other 356 instances of a padded episode that is overly padded, heavily padded, underly padded, or just padded in general, or just using the word padding way too fucking much because you're loopy, that's available at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> one of the places you can definitely go to try and bring you up after all of the depressing stuff that we're going to talk about in every single one of these goddamn Juan films, that's going to be our main meme dump area, which is the Instagram feed of cinema underscore psyops. Yeah, good stuff. If you don't, That's, that's where you're going to get all the feeds. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to go directly to the Instagram because you just don't like Instagram, you don't have to go there. You can check us out on our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, where those memes are also dumped thrice daily, just like they are to Instagram. And also my main feed if we're friends on Facebook, if you just follow me on Facebook like a stalker who won't even admit that they're talking to me or they don't want to talk to me. <laughs> stalker! But if you're out there and you're like the lady that's in the fucking Juan grudge, please... Please let it go. I'm very happily married and no, you will not yeah, make let me that, happily. Let that shit go. Here, please. Hey, don't let your, if you have a significant other, do not let them find you with this shit because it's going to get bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Do not get that obsession yeah. going for me. Get, I am you know what? Get all that obsession, literally, turn right the fuck out, all right? It's, it's no good for you. <laughs> and if you'd like to correct some of the things that I had to say about the Japanese spirits or you want to give me sort of a long-form explanation or something that uh, you think would benefit the show for all of the stuff that we were talking about, but I was quite off in what I had to say about the folklore, the best place to send that is cinemasciopscourt at gmail.com because then I can read that for you online while we're talking in the next episode to try and straighten the audience out for all the incorrect information I may or may not have given. I mean, also, can you maybe just not always have to point out our faults. I mean, it's kind of fucking mean. You guys are hurting people's feelings around here. Well, while you're out there, hanging on our every word, waiting on our every fuck up to point and laugh like Nelson from The Simpsons, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. What's up, dude? Not much. Hold on. I am recording. Everything is coming through. One, two, three. <laughs> All right, awesome. And you did. You're recording your side. <laughs> you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm recording on my side. <laughs> I just want to make sure, you know. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> That's fair. Of the two of us, I'm the one who forgot to record most recently. Causing a much more episodic failure than you, you have done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Juon the dick. Curse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we have a little bit of a reset because we are now going through the next full franchise fest, so I'm going to have some uh, Japanese spirit discussion as our, our pablum. All right, cool. <laughs> so, I'm for it, man. This shit was, that shit was scary. <laughs> save it, save it, save mm. it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Fuck them cats. <laughs> here we go. The, she was hearing the noises, and we embellished on it yeah. to try and pad out the time like I'm doing here with my over-explaining. Right. She needs to feed the rabbit that's at school. Is that code for sex? 
no, it's not, because that's going to be important later. I thought maybe the same thing, but no, she, she really meant she needed to go feed a rabbit. Usually when I say I got to go feed the rabbit, what I'm talking about is I'm going to go have sex now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right? Listen, got to go feed the pussy. <laughs> That's not even code, Matt. I know, I know. It was brought up to me uh, later on when I said that in front of the clergy. I thumped him there. So, um, <laughs> I've said worse in front of your clergy during your wedding. Yeah, that's that's also true. Um, I don't think you're allowed back in. A- uh, <laughs> I'll beep out the just so. And she keeps hearing those goddamn horrible sounds. If, if your wife accidentally hears you and I hear that door bust open, if she just starts fucking beating the fuck out of you, uh, I'll laugh my balls off. I don't know how that's going to happen, but okay, we'll, yeah, we'll go okay, with that. Maybe you'll get a text. I'm going to hear your phone go off. <laughs> and they're going to read it. You're going to go, I'm going to go real quick. I'll, I'll let you know when we can start the show again. <laughs> She's going to... I think this is more you, like, being creeped out when I do it and wanting me to stop. You know, I'm not so much creeped out when you do it. It's, I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth. It's weird in my ears, and I think that's the sound you make while you're having sex. That will definitely not happen, because if that's the sound I make during sex ever, I will never have sex again in my life, my dude. Okay, I think that's the sound you make when you jerk it. (laughs) No, it's a lot more choking sounds. (laughs) Jesus Christ, well, you could just sing for NXS (laughs) already. Yeah, it's the guy from Excess, David Carradine and me. We're all hanging around together. <laughs> all, all hanging around. Gonna walk the earth like Kane, are you? I'm trying to pad it out, man. We don't have a lot of movies no, no. to talk about. I get, yeah, yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Good. Keep going. <laughs> uh, uh, I just don't want you to repeat the same thing like twice, even though you say it different, because our audience is smart enough. They'll catch the fuck on. Dude, we've been doing that for 357 episodes. If they haven't caught on that I'm doing that, they never will. Yeah, exactly. We've been doing that for at least three times 100 episodes. So if they haven't caught on yet, they'll never know. <laughs> like they will never figure out that you're repeating me right after I repeat myself just so that we can say the exact same thing and pad out the episode. They'll never figure that out. They haven't figured it out before. Listen, if they haven't figured out by now that we like padding the episode by one of us repeating what the other one had just said, maybe switching a word here and there, they'll never find it out. Never. <laughs> spit is so fucking stupid. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's fucking dope. <laughs> that's all I got. What do I have? I mean, Jesus Christ. That's it. That's all I have left. <laughs> all right, the comedy move. doesn't just happen, all right? Let's move on. All right. Because now that you say Battle Royale, I remember that. I forgot that we watched that together. Yeah, we did that. We did that for the show. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> that must have been like 320 some odd episodes ago. <laughs> I don't think it was that long ago. It was in the last year or two. (laughs) It's all blurred together, and I just keep trying to smoke those memories away, my man. I can't blame you. Jesus Christ. I'm snorting them. See, I'm upgrading the world. I want to get the job done. Um, That'll do it. Yeah, that will do it. Uh, Especially at my fucking fatness. And when we come back, we'll have some PSYOP news to be the chocolate for making it all better. (laughs) That was awful. (laughs) That was funny. That was weird.
hanging on our every word, waiting on our every fuck up to point and laugh like Nelson from The Simpsons. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. <laughs> nice. That was, well done. That was that, that was all you. That was a good fucking trampoline to bounce off of. I just had to pick what I wanted out of that fucking smorgasbord of a sentence you said at the end there. Yeah, right, yeah, the fucking, my whole word salad there. <laughs> that was this whole episode was one giant fucking unending word salad. Oh my God, yeah. Well, you had to make it that just to fucking get through it. <laughs> yeah, intense hour, fucking seven minutes of a film. An intense one hour fucking show would have been scary people, bad, house, bad. Okay, we're done.